Hello, it's episode 179, and today I have not one, not two, but three guests, three of my favorite minimalist moms, and we're talking about pre-holiday preparation. Hi, this is Danae. I'm the founder of Simple Families. Simple Families is an online community for parents who are seeking a simpler, more intentional life. In this show, we focus on minimalism with kids, positive parenting, family wellness, and decreasing the mental load. My perspectives are based in my firsthand experience raising kids, but also rooted in my PhD in child development. So you're gonna hear conversations that are based in research, but more importantly, real life. Thanks for joining us. Hello, thank you for tuning in. So if you're a longtime listener to the podcast, you will notice that that intro was new and different. And I am crowdsourcing, which is always kind of dangerous because the crowd never agrees. But I want to hear what you think. So I am trying to decide whether I want to use my own voice in the intro or if I want a professional voiceover. So this week I'm using my own voice and next week I'm going to use a professional voiceover. And I want you to give me your feedback and tell me what you think. And I know what you're probably thinking is that you just hit the fast forward button and skip right through the intro every week anyways, and it doesn't really matter to you. But I'll have you know that I have been contemplating this for months and months, and thus is the life of a podcaster. So be sure to tune in next week and give me your feedback. And you can always let me know on Instagram too. That's always a great way to reach me. So today we're talking about pre-holiday prep because the rest of the world is very much ready for the holidays. I'm not sure if I am, but when I look around, I'm seeing it everywhere. So I invited three of my favorite minimalist mom friends, Erica Lane from the Life on Purpose movement, Rochelle Crawford from Abundant Life with Less, and Zoe Kim from Raising Simple. So we are joining together in a conversation about how we handle simplifying the holidays. And the bonus is that this week, there's actually a video. So if you'd prefer to watch the video of our chat, you can go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 179, and you can watch the video right there in the show notes. So if you're anything like me and you feel more connected to people when you see their faces and hear them talking, then definitely tune into the video. Before we get into this episode, here's a quick word from today's sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is Prep Dish, and if meal planning feels anything but simple to you, I highly recommend that you check out Prep Dish. With the abundance of options out there, meal planning can feel daunting and overwhelming. We all want to feed our families healthy, well-balanced meals, but finding the time to actually execute that can seem impossible. Enter Prep Dish. So Prep Dish sends you every week a list of pre-planned meals. You get an ingredient list, so you can take it with you to the grocery store. You get a page for meal prep. So you spend one afternoon or one evening prepping the meals for the week. That way, step three, which is dish day, you only have maybe 10 minutes in the kitchen to prep the food and get it onto the table. Even if you swear a meal planning service isn't for you and you don't need this kind of thing, I encourage you, just try it. Go to preptish.com forward slash families and you get two weeks free. That's preptish.com forward slash families. 
All right, back to today's episode. So I'm excited to share this chat with my friends, Erica, Rochelle, and Zoe. And after I recorded this conversation, I realized that I didn't ask anyone to introduce themselves. And I think that's because I've gotten to know these ladies really well over the past couple of years, which has been a complete pleasure. And I just felt like ready to jump right into the conversation. So I want to stop for a minute and let you know a little bit about who you're listening to. Let's start with Erica. Erica is the founder of the Life on Purpose movement, and she lives in California with her husband and her three kids. She's also the author of the book, The Minimalist Way. And then there's Zoe, who is the founder of Raising Simple, and she lives in Georgia with her four kids, and she's the author of the book, Minimalism with Families. And lastly, but not least, we have Rochelle, and she lives in Michigan with her three kids. And between the four of us, we have 12 kids under the age of 13. And when it comes to the holidays, we're doing things a little bit simpler than many families, at least here in the U.S. So we're sharing more about what we're doing and maybe even more importantly, what we're not doing. So in this episode, we're talking about decorating, when we're decorating, how we're decorating, how we store our decorations. We'll talk about traditions, the importance of imperfect traditions, along with gifting, what we're buying for our kids, who we buy for, including hostess gifts. And lastly, we're talking about keeping the calendar simple and holiday cards. And spoiler alert, holiday cards are something that we are all consistently inconsistent about. Thanks for tuning in. And if you go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 179, you can get the links to learn more about all these ladies. I hope you enjoy this conversation. So let's start this episode off talking a little bit about decorations. And I know that if we don't decorate or we don't decorate enough, we can get labeled as a Scrooge. So I want to hear from you. How much are you decorating? What do you feel like is enough when it comes to holiday decorations? Zoe, can you start us off? Yeah, I'd love to. So I have been simplifying for eight years. So I now have my Christmas decorations work down to one bin. And so most of the year, the the decorations that I bring in now are going to just be fresh cut items. So flowers, the fresh garland, and a little bit in each room. And that way I don't feel, uh, I don't feel like I have to stay connected to all the clutter yet each new year, I feel like I have something fresh and inviting for the holidays. So what's in your bin if you only have one bin? I ha- well, I should say that one bin does not count my Christmas lights, my Christmas tree lights. So I have a nativity scene that was my grandmother's that she got in Germany. So that's fun to get out and use every year. And apparently I'm so not attached to my Christmas decorations. Danae, I think I should have got the bin out because I legit can't think of every single item in there. I do have a painted coconut from Hawaii that's painted Christmas theme. I have that and we do do stockings. So those are about the the bulk of it. All right. And what about you, Erica? Yeah, I'm pretty similar. We have one large tub, like one of the oversized tubs in a closet in our garage, like that under the stairs closet. Um, And it contains all of my decorations for all of the holidays. So Christmas, a few little things for Easter, like their Easter baskets, um, a few things for Halloween, just all, all of the holidays. Um, we've got a nativity scene too from, that my 
husband's brother picked up in Jerusalem, um, children's books. My mom decorated, she decorates for all the holidays to the max. And it was so fun to grow up with that, to put out the, like the tiny Tim village, you know, um, there's a name for those, but I'm blanking on it. The little porcelain villages. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Sprinkle, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like mm-hmm. fake snow over them. And it was such a magical, fun feeling. But as, but I think I also remember my mom, like we would be like, let's put out the Christmas decorations. Let's put out the Christmas decorations. My mom would kind of drag her feet. And now that I'm the mom, I understand that that's because it's not just magic for the, for the person putting them out. It's a lot of work. So I opted not to do the little porcelain um, village and instead just keep things pretty simple. And I do what Zoe does too, which is try to get fresh things for, that are more seasonal than, than like holiday, holiday, like pumpkins in the fall and some garland um, from Trader Joe's in, uh, in December. So that's pretty much it. All right. What about you, Rochelle? Yeah, very similar. I just have one um, large bin of holiday stuff, but it's really only Christmas. Christmas is the only holiday that we really decorate for. Um, I used to kind of, I had a bunch of stuff before, nothing that I loved, just um, stuff friends would give me or I'd pick up at a garage sale because I thought I needed a lot more. And a, a few people in my life insisted I needed more, but I always felt so overwhelmed by it. And I didn't really realize what it was. And I would set our Christmas tree up like the week before Thanksgiving, because I thought that's what brought in like the Christmas spirit. But the day after Christmas, like I wanted to practically set it all on fire. I was so over it. So this year we're setting it up um, a little bit later, probably not until December. And so hopefully I'll be able to enjoy it and let it go, like let it go back into the basement with a little bit more love. But I consider my Christmas tree to be like a massive decoration that I don't feel like I need to have stuff um, displayed all over my house. So the stockings as well, I think are adorable. But other than that, I think I have a couple candles, um, like candle holders, Um, but that's about it. Cool. Yeah, we just have one big bin too, and it's mostly full of ornaments. And we do souvenir ornaments when we travel, or we have an ornament every year of something that our kids are interested in or something new to us. Um, Like the year we moved to New York, we got a New York ornament. Um, This year we went to Greece and we got an ornament from Greece. So they tend to be fun to pull out every year to remember big occasions and things throughout the years. So um, we do really look forward to getting out the ornaments and looking through and talking through them all and telling the kids about them. But we, yeah, we do fresh cut greens too. Erica? Yeah, I wanted to add that um, I love, I love ornaments for that too. I think pulling them out and remembering the little story behind each one is a huge part of the fun. But I just wanted to add that just because I don't have a ton of Christmas decorations doesn't mean that I think my kids are really deprived from, from the same kind of childhood experience that I had. I think my kids still enjoy it in almost literally the same way that I enjoyed my mom's really over the top, <laughs> top decorations, you know? Um, I, I don't think you need a ton to give your kids like that magical um, feeling of wonder at the holiday season. Rochelle? Uh, yeah, I, um, I have some friends who have like the most gorgeous Christmas homes, like tons of decorations. They are, it's like a skill that they have and they love doing it. So I wouldn't say that 
going above and beyond is wrong as well. It just doesn't fit my personality. I can't do it well. And it feels like clutter to me. Um, but I, when I go to their homes, I'm, I'm just blown away and it's beautiful. And it's something that, you know, gives them great, great joy. So I don't think there's anything wrong with overly decorating. Um, anyways, I just wanted to add that in. Absolutely. Yeah. And I kind of think if I decorate less at home, it gives us more motivation to get out and see the decorations elsewhere and, you know, take advantage of those experiences rather than the stuff, having the stuff in our home day in and day out for a month or six weeks, whatever it is during the holiday season. So I think we appreciate getting out and seeing the displays um, in the neighboring communities even more because we don't have as much around the house. So it makes it even more special. Uh, Erica, yes, if I could follow up um, on what you said, Erica, I think too, you've been simplifying for a while as well, haven't you? Quite a few years. So, and your kids are still younger. So it's nice when our kids' expectations are in line with what we're doing and what our ability is. Because if, if a family was to come into this simplicity now and, you know, they're used to going all out, so to speak, for their holiday decorations, and then they put like, you know, a quarter up, their kids might feel like, whoa, this doesn't feel like Christmas because that's not what they're used to. So, so true. it's definitely, yeah, just a transition, but it is nice when you can reset that, those expectations and then shift their focus away from the stuff and say, hey, we're not going to put as much out, but we're going to be doing this activity and we're going to be, you know, making these things together and whatnot. So yeah, yeah that's great. Rochelle, how old is your oldest child? Nine, almost 10. And how old was he when you started simplifying? He had just turned seven when okay. we started simplifying. So he remembers uh, the process. My youngest doesn't know anything other than this. Um, so yeah. does he, do you feel like he has commented or mentioned missing the way that the holidays were before or anything like that? No, definitely not. Um, as a, as it relates to gift giving um, or decorations, honestly, no, he, I don't think he would say he feels um, like he's missing out on anything. The, he definitely remembers the process and um, the decluttering of our home and the getting rid of things. Um, he's kind of a sentimental soul. So it, that part, um, I had to really tiptoe around, but, um, he doesn't look back and feel like he's deprived now. He would not, he would not, I, I, I don't believe he would say that. Okay. So let's talk about timing. Rochelle, you talked a little bit about waiting until December. Have you in the past started early, like early yeah. November? I, not early November, the weekend before Thanksgiving, but in some people I know already, like immediately after Halloween, um, I, I thought that was early enough, but last year I realized like, why am I sick of all of this stuff? And it's cause I've been looking at it longer than my brain can handle it. So this year we're going to wait a little bit. And I don't, I don't know if the kids, they don't know that that's happening yet or if they'll even notice. I'm not, I'm not sure yet, but, um, yeah, I think that will serve me well. So yeah, it. it was like November 1st game on, like Halloween is over yeah. and Christmas is here. Did you guys feel that? For yes. sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So Erica, what about you? When do you think you'll start decorating? I might start putting little touches out during the week of Thanksgiving break, just because um, we have that week off. My kids have the whole week off of school and my husband actually has it off of work. So since we'll be around and I'll have a little time, I might start putting a few things up, but I usually put the tree up right after Thanksgiving. So yeah, that's, that's it. I, I like the point of 
because I know that feeling of feeling like, okay, like I could burn this down. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> so I definitely don't want to leave it up um, forever. Sometimes I'm a little nostalgic about taking the tree down because I do like the glow of the lights, but yeah, I don't know when we're going to do it this year. I sort of have this tradition in my mind because as a child, I grew up in Northeastern Ohio where there was a lot of snow and my memories, we always went out to a Christmas tree farm on a horse-drawn carriage, cut down the Christmas tree, argued, wow. four kids arguing over who gets what tr or which tree we should choose. And it was like a big scene. And of course we all complained about it every single year. Like, I don't want to do it, I, whatever, especially as we got older. But now that I'm an adult and I live somewhere that it snows. Um, I definitely, I want that tradition for my kids. So I have, since we've lived in New York the past two years, told my family that we will not, we, we have to go to a Christmas tree farm to cut our tree down and it cannot happen until it's snowing. So in the first year I made them wait until it snowed, which was like December 9th. Um, and last year it was, it was a little bit earlier, but I kind of have this, um, it must snow type rule, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I probably need to be a little bit more flexible with that. <laughs> That's cute though. It sounds like a really fun memory. Yeah. I well, love your, um, embrace. It makes me think tonight, embrace imperfect traditions. That's right. Yes. Yeah. You know, when is. you're describing like four kids and fighting and like, that's how it's really, that's how it really is, you know, mm -hmm. but it's really, it's good to embrace that. Yeah. And I just, I wonder, I should ask my mom how she feels about that memory looking back because I'm pretty sure we made it miserable for her. Like she wanted it to be this picture perfect thing where like we were all going out in the horse-drawn carriage, but all of us complained about doing it. And we all like were fighting with each other the whole time. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident. So I wonder if she looks back at that with happy memories. I kind of feel like I have the tendency just to remember the happy things when it's that and along those lines. I don't know. What about you all? Yeah, I, and that's why I take pictures. <laughs> Maybe not. No, that's why I take pictures because when I, when I think back and I look back at these memories, right. And I'm like, oh, that was so stressful. And then I'm like, oh, but look at this. Look how adorable and cute. Oh, they smiled for a minute or, oh, they were laughing. And so it's good to, to remember that. And, it makes uh, it worth it. Rochelle? Yeah, yeah. And I think the craziness makes the memory even better. Like the best part is sitting around with my, you know, brother and sisters and talking about like all that went wrong. And that's what makes it more fun in the moment, maybe not. And definitely not for my parents or for us now, but it's like looking back, that's what makes it like have the best memory of all. Yeah. And I think that in the generation we're raising kids in now, there's this need to make it all perfect, you know, mm -hmm. picture perfect for social media, like get the perfect shot have the perfect day, the perfect experiences. And I know just from hearing from my audience members that everybody wants to have these amazing traditions. And I'm always seeing posts online, like, what are your holiday traditions? And what do you do with your family? And I'm looking to start new holiday traditions. And I think a lot of people put stress on themselves about creating these perfect moments. And I love to hear that reflection from you, Rochelle. And I guess now reflecting on my own childhood, that for me too, it was, it was the imperfect moments that stand out. Um, maybe it was the lack of the existence of perfect moments from the eighties and nineties. <laughs> it's sure. hard to say. <laughs> Erica. Yeah. I also think that those, the moments that we, well, I'm having a hard time articulating this. Come back to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, oh, Zoe. Yeah. Danae. Um, so about, uh, putting up, we put up a tree every year as well. And 
I've moved a lot. So sometimes we've, I've done it two weeks before Christmas and sometimes I've done it the week of Thanksgiving, but I think uh, like Erica, I'm going to be doing it the week of Thanksgiving because my kids are off. And so I want to do it at a time where I feel like we have the bandwidth right in our schedule. It's not like I'm trying to do it when they're coming home from school or on the weekend. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to go cut a tree down, but Danae, I, I can't have that no. snow fantasy because I live in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> so Zoe, are you, um, what do you, any, any, you live in a smaller space now this year. You said you've moved a lot. This right now you're in, is this your smallest space yet? It is. It how is. how big is it? Like 1100 square feet. Okay. And you have four kids. Yeah. So yep. Four kids. Yeah. We're in a three-bedroom apartment, um, so fortunately, it's got you know the lighting is great and tall ceiling, so it does make it feel a little bit bigger. I am still going to make room for a tree. I mean, even if we have to move our one our couch out of the apartment <laughs> into someone else's apartment, no, I'm kidding. Um, mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna just have a fresh. We do a fresh tree, so that way I don't have to store it. I also like the smell and the fresh feeling. I have a degree in horticulture, so it's almost kind of like, you know, I, I just can't even bring myself to buy anything fake. Rochelle, you're awesome. Keep doing your fake trees. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, do you do a fake tree? Uh, we do a fake tree. Yeah. You do? Okay. It's like a, a thin tree, kind yes. of narrow. So it's really narrow. It's set up and doesn't, it's not that bulky to store. Okay. I also found my words. It's, this is an introvert problem. <laughs> um, so what I was going to mention about traditions was that I think a lot of times the traditions that our kids or like us as grownups um, remember most are the ones that happened really naturally. So I think sometimes we can put pressure on ourselves as mom and leaders in our families to create these amazing traditions where you like drive around with hot chocolate, looking at lights and listening to Christmas music and everybody's happy and nobody's fighting. You know, but really, I think the best traditions come from totally normal moments, like year round. Like we, the first time we took a kindergartner to kindergarten, our oldest son, he looked so, so, so nervous and scared that my husband just immediately, like his heart broke and he was like, I'm going to be here to pick you up. I'm not going to go into work today and we're going to go get ice cream. Mm -hmm. He told him that before school. So now, of course, every first day of school, and he's in um, sixth grade now, we get ice cream after school. And I think those traditions, those are like the most fun, the ones that just come up naturally. Like one one other time we got pizza, and for some reason we had to eat it in the back of our car in the month of December. We had a van, van, so we just like folded down the seats, and it was raining, pouring rain. And we left the hood of the van open and we ate pizza inside of the van, all five of us, just like in the back of the van because we didn't want to get the seats greasy. <laughs> um, and now my kids say that every December we have to do that. And that kind of, that memory, it's, it's just imperfect and it came up naturally and we repeat it when we can. Like I don't feel a huge pressure to get it in every December, but we read it, repeat it when we can. And I kind of think those are the best kind anyway, mm-hmm. instead of trying to make the perfect ones. Yeah. Rochelle? And something, yeah, something on um, making perfect memories. I was always under the impression that if I 
Um, we had a tradition, like it had to happen every single year the exact same way. And it stressed me out. And I felt, you know, maybe if they experience my kids experience this over and over again, then they would remember that I was amazing. Or so, I don't really know all of that went into why I thought this. But totally. over the last couple of years, I've been really just letting go of like the need to make things exactly the way they are and just embracing the way it's going to happen um, every year because something's going to come up and change it. Or we might come up with some other new mm -hmm. tradition. And again, traditions you know, I don't know if the definition means they have to happen every single year, but it's just the tradition is being together as a family and however that looks um, for us each year. I'm just like embracing that. it. Yeah. Just I, let tried, it flow. I tried to start a hiking tradition where we went for a hike every year on Christmas day and um, it never happened. Like not once. <laughs> and every year I was trying to start it. I, I was like, I remember you mentioning that. Before. <laughs> I yeah. know it still hasn't happened. We actually went for a hike on Christmas Eve last year because it was snowing and it was just like, we were kind of in the mood, but I think that was Fun. the thing. Like you got to be in the mood. You've got to want to do the tradition because otherwise it's just this thing. That's like, sure. that's a, yeah. Yes. And it's just an obligation. And what is it? What is it really worth at that point? I guess for sure. So I'm assuming that your kids are not going to be listening to this. So I'm going to ask you what your kids are getting for Christmas, if you know. All right, Zoe. Yes, my kids are, two of my kids are getting scooters, new scooters, and they're going to get some pajamas. Actually, we have a loose tradition of giving them pajamas after mm -hmm. um, Thanksgiving so that we can all get comfy and cozy together. Yeah. And uh, some art supplies and some puzzles. Danae, I think you've shared those puzzles that um, that I was doing with uh, my six-year-old last year. The, is it the bird? Oh, no, no, no. The bird bingo. Oh, yeah. Great. Ocean bingo, yeah, bird so bingo. I love that Ocean publisher. Bingo, yeah. Bird bingo. Have they come out with a new one? Because I'm looking at that. Uh, there might be another them. one. I'm not sure. Yeah. I definitely is the bird and ocean. And I think yeah. they, they have a couple other, they have like a matching game and that kind of thing too, but we love ocean yeah. bingo, big fans. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to go somewhere. I don't know where we're going to go. They would really love to see snow. Danae, do you have room at your place? <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> no uh, snow guarantees. Yeah. I know. Right. Okay. So that's, that's the extent of, of what they're getting. Okay. And Rochelle, what yeah. about your kids? Do you have a plan? Yes. Our kids are getting, because I know they won't hear this and nobody <laughs> seeing this will tell them, but we're actually going to Disney World a couple weeks after Christmas. Oh. So I plan to box up. We have um, a couple stuffed Disney characters and some Star Wars stuff. And we just make, um, we'll make one big box for them to open together and pull out all of their own stuff that they already have. And I'm sure they'll get clued in because we've done that before with Great Wolf Lodge. And so I'm really excited for that. They'll probably each open um, one or two small or needed things just to open something that day. I did find, um, I think it's Melissa and Doug. It's a, um, a barn, a wooden barn. My daughter has this whole dollhouse wood block thing. It kind of goes with it and she's going to love that. So I found that at a uh, mom to mom sale for like 10 bucks. Cool. So I'm excited. So other than that, I really don't know. I haven't picked out all the little details, but I think Disney is pretty going to make everything else cost only 10 bucks. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what about you, yeah. Erica? Yeah, we're actually the same. Um, yeah. We're going to go to Disneyland in January. Um, I'm not, I'm not really a huge amusement park person. It's way too many people in one place, um, but I will do it for the kids. And, and 
my sister happened to be going and my parents were going. And when you have extra hands, it's mm. really hard to say no to that chance, even if it does cost an arm and a leg and you'd rather go to the beach or the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. So I figured since we're doing that, I will give them um, Disney tickets for for Christmas. And I think I was like, yay, experiences over things. It's another yeah. chance to kind of um, instill that. And then we'll do a few small things too. My boys will probably get some skateboarding type stuff because that's what they're into right now. And I always love art supplies for my daughter because it's pretty much the only thing that entertains her for more than five minutes. She's six. So yeah, I think that's it. Cool. I'm just kind of starting to think about what I want to do for our kids. Um, usually I let them pick one thing from Santa and that's the thing that they go and they ask Santa for, and then Santa gives them that gift. And for us, that kind of reigns in all the requests, like the opening up the catalog, circling all the things. Like we just don't do any of that because you're only getting one thing from Santa. So there's not really much sense in writing a gigantic list when Santa's really only bringing you one thing. Um, so that's just kind of the tradition that we've started around Santa is one one thing. You sit on his lap and you tell him that thing. And then unless that thing is absolutely absurd, then we're going to get you that one thing. <laughs> like a, a pony? Yes. What didn't your exactly. daughter ask for? <laughs> yeah. She is a big horse fan. There will be no ponies, <laughs> Erica. Yes. If I could put like a universal minimalist plea into the world, it would be please don't ask my kids for Christmas lists or overly ask them what they want for Christmas. You know, it's, it's okay. But my kids, they didn't even know about the idea of Christmas lists until people started asking them what was on their list, you know, and then they'd start like when they were old enough to write, making them in their rooms. But <laughs> that's just not something we ever emphasize. So yeah, I think that's, I like that's important because I think want. we, we sort of start the narrative around Santa and gifts at the holidays. And maybe we've started it one way and we want to shift it. And I think we can do that and we have yeah. to steer the ship and shift that narrative if we want to. But yes, talking about making, making the list, the, the idea that Santa is watching if you're naughty or nice. I don't like that either. I don't like this idea that my kids aren't getting a lot for Christmas, but it's certainly not because they've been naughty. It's just because we're trying to be more intentional this year. So just being thoughtful about the messages that you're sending around gift giving in the holidays, because I think that plays a huge part in what your kids expect and what they anticipate. Well said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing I've tried to do with my older two kids, so my uh, son, he's going to be 11 next week, and then my daughter's 13, is encourage them to shift the conversation. So when people ask them what they're getting for Christmas, sure, they could, or what they want, they could share their requests with them, but also to share that we do a, what do you want to give list? So before my kids come to me and say, oh, I want to get this, I ask them for their, what do they want to give list? And I've written about this, Danae, I don't know if you've read that on my blog. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just list 20 things that you want to give to someone. So if you have a child and they're only three or four, it could be, I want to hold the door for my neighbor. I want to help someone pick up leaves. I want to draw them a card. It's just to get them shifting their focus from what am I going to get to what can I give? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. So we, this year, I usually do a, a list of toys, recommended toys for my audience, but this year I'm shifting it a little bit and doing a list of gifts that foster the parent-child connection. 
And in the past, I've always really focused on toys that inspire independent play. But I do think at the holidays, we're thinking about shifting the narrative from gifts and getting into emphasizing the importance of spending time together and building relationships. So that's where I'm going with my list this year, which I'm still working on. But um, the one thing on my list, on the list that I'm creating for Simple Families is that I'm something that I'm doing for my family is a family collage, which I got this idea from Mary Cherry, who was recently on the podcast. And she has this huge empty canvas. I think she said it was like five by five. And her family just worked together to add little pieces to it over the course of a couple of weeks to make this sort of a little bit crazy, um, eclectic, piece of art together out of different materials. So we're going to do that, except I want to do it over a span of like 15 years where like we add like our ticket stubs or like, I don't know, I'll probably do like one of a cover from my book or just like important things, um, little pieces of art, my kids' favorite pieces of art, that sort of thing, just to make it like a, this big working piece that we are all creating constantly over the course of my kids' childhood. So that's kind of, we're hoping to start a a family collage this year, which my kids are probably not going to be as excited about, but um, I'm thinking I'm going to buy the big, um, I'm going to do two big-ish canvases and do them side by side just so they're a little bit Mm -hmm. easier to travel with if we do ever move. Um, And then buy some paints and just kind of let them go at it and paint the big canvases and then start kind of decoupaging stuff on to the canvas um, as we go along. So that's, that's going to be our, so well, our bigger fun. gift. So yeah, we'll see how it goes for a while. I think it's going to look really awkward because we're going to have like these <laughs> like giant, empty, sloppy, like <laughs> half completed canvases, but whatever, it's our house. And I'm, I'm right. a believer that like, it's your house. You do what you want with it. You decorate it the way that you want. And um yeah. I think I'm hoping, you know, 15 years from now that this will be a a nice keepsake for us since we're not really ones to keep all that stuff, all like little paper clutter and that kind of thing. So we'll see. I think your kids will love creating it and love Mm -hmm. discussing what can go on it. That's so fun. I hope so. I have a feeling that my three-year-old is going to have like a million pieces of art for it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It will be covered in her art, which I guess we can just cover with other things too as they get older. Um, we'll see, but I'm excited. It'll be a a work in progress for us this year. So talk to me about who you buy for. What's the tradition in your extended family? How many are you buying just for your kids, your partner? How many people are you buying for Erica? Yeah, that's a great question because I always wonder this about other people. So, um, yeah, I'm doing, you know, my kids and my husband and then, yeah, on my husband's side of the family, they do a gift exchange. So every year it just rotates and we do a hundred dollars to spend on the family. So I like that because it feels so much easier than trying to do all of the families or all of the nieces and nephews. And then on my side of the family, we really just, I'll do my parents, obviously. And then we kind of just do gifts for each other if we're in the same place at the same time. Like that's sort of just our unspoken agreement Um, because we're not always, we're all in different states. So we're not always together and there isn't really an expectation that we ship each other large amounts of stuff. (laughs) So our gift giving is not too bad. I'm, I'm sure, you know, I try to do like a little thank you gift for the teachers, but that's really small and. Um, cookies to the neighbors, but if we feel like it. (laughs) All right. Rochelle, what about you? Yeah. Um, my husband and I are not planning to exchange gifts this year. Let the kids, um, maybe take them to get each other presents from the kids. 
we do both of our parents, um, Paul's and mine. And then uh, on my side, I have two sisters, a sister-in-law and a brother. And so we've always in the past kind of done a gift exchange and it's just every year pared down more and more. And my brother and brother-in-law, my husband and brother, um, they call it a Grinch agreement now where for no reason will they ever get each other ever a present. That's awesome. So that eliminates that. And then with my sisters, we've done homemade gifts in the past, which was comical and awesome, <laughs> but kind of time consuming and stressful. So now we're just doing an experience. We're looking at maybe a comedy show where we just all buy our own ticket and go and call a present. And on my uh, same thing on my other side of the family, we've done um, like family presents up. But I do get the ne um, my nephew's presents. All the kids do get a gift because there's just a couple on each side. It's not like dozens of cousins or anything like that. And do you see them all for Christmas? We do. We okay. do uh, one a few days before Christmas and one on Christmas day. Okay. What about you, Zoe? Yeah. So um, like Erica, I think my gift giving uh, obligations or tendencies are pretty minimal. My um, kids don't have a lot of cousins, so they're not exchanging gifts. And I'm not, you know, I have one nephew um, and that's it. So it's pretty minimal. One thing that we do do after Thanksgiving is all the kids and I will just make a bunch of loaves of bread. Sorry, Danae, I know you're gluten free. <laughs> I won't be sending you anything. Thanks. <laughs> um, no, but uh, so this year I think it's going to be bread, but I just get a bunch of, make a bunch of um, different kinds of loaves of bread, maybe actually just like two to, to keep it. I only have so many bowls and, um, <laughs> you know, it's for real. <laughs> this is a practical matter. And I'll, what I'll do is I'll actually freeze them, wrap them and um, freeze them. And then a couple of weeks later, I can take them out and wrap them in, you know, some nice paper. And that's what they give to, if they want to give things to their friends or their teachers, that's what we do. One year we made um, homemade uh, vanilla extract. So I think if you guys, whoever's listening, if you want to do that, you need to get on that now. I think it needs to set, I don't know if you guys have done that, but it needs to set for six or eight weeks or something like that. Uh, that, that was the one year that I was really thinking ahead. <laughs> I like that Fortunately, uh, yeah, my mom, uh, she doesn't, she's, I, I'm really lucky. She's not going overboard. She totally gets the mental clutter so she is not ever wanting to add to um, anything that doesn't need to be there. So she's always that, you know, she'll always reach out and she says, what, what, what are the kids going to really like, or what's going to be helpful? And then I'll let her know. So that's, it's great to have that communication ahead of time. You know, she gets to get them something because she does like to give gifts. And so it's nice that I can honor that. And then at the same time, no one's receiving things that aren't going to be used. Yeah. And just talking about extended family members, I feel like I get a lot of questions about the extended family members are giving too many gifts or gifts that we don't want or things that are not useful to us. And for me, I feel like it's just kind of been a part of the journey. And every year I'm seeing less and less of this. I think that as I think family members slowly tune in to who you are and the changes that you're making in your life and they will adapt to it, but sometimes it is a slow process. Mm -hmm. Have you all seen that, Erica? Do you feel like every year that the gift giving becomes a little bit more intentional from the extended family members or has that been an uphill battle? Yeah, I'd say so. I, I think 
I think that, you know, what you were saying reminds me of that idea that we teach people how to treat us. And I think people do. Our fam most of our family members get it with time, but it takes time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it might take a, an awkward conversation or two, and that's okay. <laughs> um, with my family, let's see, my mom, I really appreciate that she lets me suggest a few things for the kids. So I'll usually suggest like a set, a book set for my boys who read a ton or like rollerblades or something. So that's nice because then I have, I can get the kids something that I feel like they could need and use, but I um, am not the one to. <laughs> and they just get like, you know, one thing from the grandparents on both sides. And my, my, my husband's parents, they're like the ultimate minimalists without ever having known that word. They keep almost nothing in their closets, almost nothing on their walls. They're just very, very neat, minimal people. When I go into their garage, I'm like, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they just give our kids one thing. So I don't really have that struggle there. Rochelle, what about you? Yeah, I think uh, definitely takes time. Um, we, we, um, when we went minimalist, it was in January. So we had like the whole year to prepare for Christmas. So I feel like if you're not just now coming into, you know, realizing that minimalism might be for you or you want, you know, a simpler Christmas that you might have a hard time getting people on board because if you've always done it the exact opposite, they're not necessarily going to want to be the first ones to jump in. So I think you have, they have to see you really living this and um, giving your kids gifts more intentionally first before they're going to jump in. But um, yeah, I think every year our parents have done a really great job in it. And just like Erica said, like the more you live, I think it was Erica, sorry. Um, the more you live it, the more um, they start to catch on and embrace it with you. So yeah, they're always asking what experiences our kids might like. Or, and, and I really love like hobby gifts or inexperienced gifts and family experience gifts are something that we always encourage them to get. And they usually um, try to do their best to make the work. Now, every time, every now and then, like my daughter will come home from a Cracker Barrel with like, a robotic barking dog. Like <laughs> it's not always perfect, but I think just grace and, you know, low expectations and know that mm -hmm. you can, you can do what you can do in your home. And, um, yeah, that's all you can really be in control of. So just lots of grace. Right. And what about you, Zoe? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to add that I think, I don't know if it's me, Erica, you have your son's in middle school, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you find that the toys, the toy selection maybe, I mean, things are expensive as they get older because you, if you start getting into tech and, and things like that, but the toy selection kind of dwindles down? No, you don't think so? No, it dwindles so much. Oh, yes. Oh, it dwindles. Yeah. So um, if there's any parents of young, young kids with uh, grandparents that just keep buying and buying and buying. Right. Um, there's there's hope on the horizon because they're going to run out of options <laughs> so many options when um the kids get older so i think that's one benefit too just as time goes on there's not all of the the toys to buy that one might consider clutter yeah all right erica and about gifts in general i try to i try to think of and encourage my community to think of gift giving as about the gift giver so giving a gift fulfills a need that they had usually, you know, like 
a lot of us have somebody in our life who loves to give gifts and it's their, it's their love language. So if you have a mother-in-law who's giving you way too much stuff for your child, um, just try to see like the best of intentions in it. Um, grace, like Rochelle said, and also once they've given you that gift, like you don't have an obligation to use it in exactly the way they intended you to. So that that is your decision. So then you get to decide if you want to keep it in your home or if you want to use it for a month and then squirrel it away and see if your kid doesn't notice and then donate it, you know, <laughs> like you, you have options on your end. But I always think that the relationship and trying to, the relationship is most important, more important than the stuff and trying to understand um, where they're coming from helps too. Great. So what about hostess gifts? Do you give hostess gifts if you go to a holiday event, Zoe? You got to be able to eat it. In fact, and you might know me, right? I don't go anywhere without food. Either <laughs> I have to bring it or it better be there. <laughs> no, yeah. So uh, if I do bring a hostess gift, I, I do honor um, invitations that say don't bring anything, right? Because I want, if I say that, I truly want them to honor that as well. So uh, I have been to a few parts. I was uh, invited to a few engagements last year where they said no gifts. Also a birthday party this year for a little six-year-old girl. So, um, but if I do, it's, it's a consumable. So something usually like the bread that we talked about before. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about holiday cards. Do you do holiday photo shoots? Do you send out holiday cards? What's your tradition around that? Rochelle, do you want to start us off? Yeah, we don't do holiday cards um, ourselves. I save them when I get them just through the holidays. And again, on December 26th, they go in the trash. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I like to display. I have a little clip thing that I display them on and um, kind of adds to my decoration. I would call that a decoration, but then I can get rid of it. Um, and photo shoots, we don't do like a formal family photo shoot or anything. I have a good friend who is um, an up and coming photographer and she has the cutest mini sessions. So last year we did, um, went to her mini session and it was adorable. And so if she does another one, I'll probably do that again, just because um, they're cute and she's my friend. But I wouldn't say it's something that I have to get coordinating outfits and we don't do every single year. And I don't send out um, a family photo or anything like that. Okay. Zoe, what about you? So... I do whatever works for me that year. And over the years, it has been from one end to the other of, you know, having coordinating outfits and somewhat matching and taking photos just for the Christmas card and sending those out. And then other years, uh, like the year that uh, my six-year-old was born, the year that my 10-year-old was born, because they were born in October and then the other one born in November. I didn't do them and I didn't feel one bit guilty because my bandwidth was less. So I just do whatever feels right for me in that season and I don't feel guilty about it. Right. Erica? Yeah, I'm the same. I, I'll do them like maybe every few years because I do think it's fun and I love getting them, mm -hmm. but I feel no pressure to do them. Um, as for photos, I like having our family photographed because I just love those photos. You know, I think it's like a chance to see your family as the ideal version of your family that you're really not on a daily basis. By any <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So it's just like so satisfying when you get those pictures. You're like, this is the family I thought I was going to have all growing up. <laughs> so I love to get us a great photographer, invest in some great pictures, um, spend a little way too much time thinking about the outfits, but I can only manage that every few years because it takes, mm -hmm. it, it just takes a lot, you know, a lot okay. of planning. And yeah. I rarely try to get a photo shoot in, in the fall because photographers are always busiest then. And I often, I think a little bit more expensive. Mm -hmm. So if I can, I, if I was going to do a professional photo um, shoot, I would try to do it in the spring or summer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We haven't done holiday cards since we had kids. Like we did one every year from the time we got married up until we had kids. And then we have not done one since. And every year I want to, I really do. And some years I'll even like design it and put it in my shopping cart. And then like $500 later, I'm like, no, I'm not ordering those because they get so expensive. And like, I want it to be yeah. one that I love if I'm going to put the time and energy into it. And then I have to deal with the fact that a lot of my friends have moved and I don't have Update. their updated addresses. And then I just quit. <laughs> That's where it ends. Um, and some years I don't even attempt, but I haven't actually gotten them out mm -hmm. at all since my kids have been born. And I've actually noticed that I get a lot less now. So I'm curious if you guys think if you've gotten less since you started giving them, do you think it's because you're not sending them regularly? Or do you think it's because people in general are just giving less or sending less holiday cards? I think it's because I'm not sending them. Okay. Really? Oh, totally. I don't know yeah, what it I mean, is. Because then you're like, oh, well, they sent me a card. And I mean, I've moved around a lot, though. So I have a lot of friends that we, you know, we don't live near each other. Uh, so that's, you know, it's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Yeah. Erica, what do you think? I don't know. I was kind of leaning toward maybe it's just universal, but <laughs> I like to think that too. <laughs> but I do, think, I do think it's the perfect commentary on, on parenting and becoming a parent, how you stopped giving them, um, sending them after you had kids. That's so funny. Maybe we're just all growing up and our families are requiring more of us and we're not all able to send them out. But I don't know. All I know is when I art, I feel a lot of love and appreciation for the person who sent it. And I display it with pride too. So. I love getting them too. What about you, Rochelle? I think we pretty consistently get them from the same people every okay. year. Um, so not, we didn't, we never get a ton of them. I go to some people's house and it's like, feels like hundreds of cards everywhere. We're not, we don't get that right. many cards. So. Oh, we used to get like, I remember one year I counted like 85. Holy cow. Like a lot. And yeah. last year, I want to say maybe we got like 20. I don't know. I'm yeah. going to count this year to see, but I don't know. I mean, it probably, I, I don't like to take the blame and think that it's because we're not sending them, but it very well might be. Well, ultimately it's, it's their choice, right? Danae, it's yes. not your fault. Yes. <laughs> I was actually reading, there was um, someone that did a study and they looked at holiday letters from 20, 30, 40 years ago and how holiday letters, well, first of all, they're like non-existent. My husband's great aunt still writes a holiday letter every year, which I love reading. I really enjoy it. I wish everyone did it. Not that I don't love the photo cards, but I love like reading a little like one pager update on people. I think that's, it's such a beautiful way to stay in touch. But I think now with social media, we're all much more updated on people's lives. So it feels a little repetitive maybe. Um, so someone did a study on looking at holiday letters and how they've changed over the years. And 
back in like the the 60s and 70s, the holiday letters were all pretty neutral, just talking about their year. And then as we're getting closer to our current generation, the uses of the words busy, or it's been a crazy year, or it's been a hectic year, all those words are popping up more and more every year in the study, which I I thought was fascinating. And it kind of makes me wonder if that's why I'm not getting a lot of cards. It's just because people just are hectic and busy and it just doesn't happen kind of like the four of us, right? It just doesn't happen and it just hasn't become a priority as much anymore. Um, So I don't know. I just... And technology. Like you said, technology and social media and connecting has increased. Erica, I I think this conversation calls for you to do a test. I think that you should make some Christmas cards, send them out like right after Thanksgiving. So that that gives people time to send you one back. Let's compare from last year. I wish I knew how many we got last year, but I'm tempted to do that too, but it sounds like too much work. Uh, (laughs) If Zoe will front me the $500, I'm in. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree about that. So... Last question would be just thinking about holiday events. Like I feel like where we live, there's a million options for um, like little walkthroughs to look at decorations and um, Christmas shows. And are there any things that you, what do you choose to do? What do you choose not to do? How do you set a limit on what's right for your family? Erica, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'd say that I am more of a minimalist with my calendar than in any other way in my life. Cause I see a calendar with more than like one thing on it per week. <laughs> and I just want to hide. I just like having a lot of white space in my calendar. So I will opt out of as much of that as I possibly can. Like my son, he's in middle school band and he got assigned to go to a holiday concert, like just attend one. And I was outraged. I'm like, don't they know it's December? This is the this is family's busiest month of the year. We can go to that in September. <laughs> because in addition to going to watch him perform their holiday concert, now we have to go watch some other band perform. I don't know. It it's just funny. But I will try to do as little as possible. And it has to really fit with like my personality and my interests in order to do it. <laughs> Right. What about you, Zoe? Quality over quantity. So like you, Erica, I want it to be you know, a good fit for all of us, something that we're all going to enjoy. Typically, if I was going to throw a number out there, uh, it might be one to two events a week. Mm-hmm. Rochelle? Yeah, I really guard our, our December closely. I, um, there's a lot of events in our families, like a downtown market a Christmas market and um, like a tree lighting ceremony that we've just never really made a part of our year because I try to guard and make sure like the, the family things that are most, most important to me come first. Like sugar cookies are so we make those a couple times, maybe more than that because we love them so much. Um, We do like a pajama ride where we all get in our pajamas and go look at Christmas lights. Those are things I put on the calendar. Like immediately after putting school obligations on there, just so I know that they're on there. Cause in previous years, it was always, I'm going to get to those after I do all the other things. And then they never happen. So as long as I put those most important things on the calendar first, if there a weekend rolls around and you know, we, we feel like going to something we might, but it's just not, I've never made all of the Santa's visits and, you know, tree lighting's a priority for us. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. I feel like I would much rather just kind of see what we're in the mood for and see what the day looks like and then figure out on Saturday morning what we're going to do on Saturday afternoon rather than buying tickets and having things scheduled and arranged. Because I feel like that's when we're setting ourselves up for disappointment and for just um, feeling worn down if we sharpie in a lot of stuff on the calendar. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been great chatting with you all. And I hope this is helpful for anyone out there who is moving towards a simpler holiday season. And I will talk with you all soon. Okay. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. This has been episode 179 of the Simple Families podcast. If you want to get the show notes and get links about Erica, Rochelle, and Zoe, you can go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 179. You can also find the video version of this chat there. If you want to stay in touch with what's going on on Simple Families, on the blog, on the podcast, in the community, go to simplefamilies.com and leave your email address at the top and you can stay in touch there. Thanks for tuning in. And if you have just one minute of free time, I would love if you went over to iTunes and left a rating and review for this show. It helps it to reach more people. Thanks and I'll talk with you soon.